Chapter 20 The Red Spring Going down the high street, I'm seeing lots of things that shouldn't really be there. I pass the church and stop, looking at the old Tudor stone walls as if their apparent solidity will ground me. Then I remind myself that none of this is real, even the things that aren't hallucinations. This is just a game. I'm actually lying drugged up at home imagining I'm here. I turn and walk up the path anyway. The church door is open and I go in. There's no one else in there, but there is a definite atmosphere of peace. I kneel at the altar, eyes closed, hands together, praying to any god who will listen and help me save Miranda. I hear the wind and the sound of a sparrow outside. The noises are magnified as I kneel with my eyes shut. I'm there for a long time, fighting the swirling in my head, maybe an hour, an hour's prayer. When I finally stand, I get a message. You recover five sanity from prayer. Sanity, 18 out of a 100. It would take me a long time to recover from madness by prayer alone. Still, plus five sanity is better than nothing, though I'm still clinically insane as I leave the church. Where have you been? The coes waits for me in the bar at the Georgian Pilgrims. Ailsa is sitting by the old stone window, sipping a drink. She glances up and waves half-heartedly. I went to learn alchemy from Cowper. I glance suspiciously at the barman who's listening in to our conversation. Lako sees me looking and stands. We both walk over to Ailsa by her window. I say, mind if we walk and talk? Ailsa finishes her drink, stands and follows us out. She seems listless. When we're outside, I say, I don't trust the barman. Me neither, Lako says. I study Ailsa. How's your sanity, by the way? I'm at seventy, Lako says. Sixty. Ailsa isn't looking well at all. If she looks this bad on 60, what the hell must I look like on 18? We walk past the town cross and find a cafe. The place is half empty. Old ladies chatter and the travelling salesman reads through his list of leads two tables away. I doubt he can overhear us. A great skull-headed bird lands on Ailsa's shoulder. She doesn't notice it, which suggests it's my own personal nightmare. I shudder, and it disappears. We order tea. I say, either of you tried Soma? They both shake their heads. My mentor warned me against it, Elsa says. Lacose is playing with his hat. Drugs out my thing. So how do you get your sanity up? I meditate, Lacose says. In the park. I raise my eyebrows. Really? He nods. Why, don't I seem the type? Not as such. He gives a mock offended look. I'm a man of surprises, Adam. Elsa grins. But meditation's so slow, I say. So much quicker. I feel the addict in me talking. The coes eyes me. If you're willing to pay the price, once you get Soma, you always want Soma. It's hard to tell the difference between the sanity sickness and craving for Soma, but my companions seem much less ill than me, so maybe I'm so ill because my body wants Soma. There's something I've wanted to ask Lacoze. You know your guild? Yeah. You don't display it? No. There's a pause which he doesn't fill, so I say, I just wondered why. Why I don't display my guild? Yes. This is like pulling teeth. He tilts his head. Because I don't want people to know which guild I'm in. Ailsa says, makes sense. She's not really listening. Tell me, I say. He shakes his head. Not yet. Not yet. There's a longer silence. Anyway, I say eventually, we're only half done with this quest. We have the white powder, now we need to get the red powder. Lacoze nods. It's bound to be where the red spring rises. We saw it before. That's within the Chalicewell Garden, the home of the Gnostic Society. 
He does this when he's nervous, I realise. Now I know him better. He's right too. There will be weirdos. I said, I've got some money now. Did you see anywhere I can buy bullets in town? There's a hunting, shooting and fishing shop on the high street. They sell shotgun cartridges. Where did you get the money? Lecoz says suspiciously. You've still got the white powder, right? I feel myself blush. Most of it. Ailsa looks alarmed, then pissed off with me. The powder isn't all yours. It belongs to us all. You're just keeping it safe. I bow my head. I know, I know. We've got the best part of a pound and a half of the stuff. I take the remains of the money I got from Cowper. It's still nearly twelve pounds. I give them four pounds each and keep the change myself. The Coe's pockets his cash. Thank you, but next time ask before you sell something that's not wholly yours. I nod. Of course, sorry. Ailsa reaches out and strokes my arm. We trust you, Adam. Don't worry, you're just a bit impulsive. Impulsive? They talk like they know me. And that thought makes me both warm inside and wary. I don't like people knowing me. We go to the gun shop and Lacoz buys himself a shotgun. He looks very pleased with it. I get two boxes of 9mm bullets and Ailsa gets nothing, but she's pleased that we're pleased with our weaponry. I'm still ill, but I think I can last it out without a shot of Soma if I don't get too many new shocks. We walk down to the Chalicewell Gardens and find the tall gate resolutely closed against us. There's a grill, and beside it a bell pull. I tug at the metal bell pull and let it go. A bell rings somewhere inside. No one comes, so I ring the bell again. This time, after about two minutes, someone comes to the grill, just a silhouette. Yes, the voice says with a hiss. It sounds reptilian. It's almost impossible to see a face, but I get an impression of sullen malevolence. I switch on clairsentience. Whoever it is behind the grill has a red glow. Is the garden open to the public, I ask? No. I'm about to say something more, but the voice retreats and is gone. Friendly bunch, Elsa says. The co's mouth sets hard. We're still going in. Elsa gives him a stroke on the arm, then me. That's her way of calming us all. Course. I think we'll need guns, I say. Not a problem, Lacoste says. We've got them. We'll probably have to fight them, he smiles. All XP is good XP. We stand back and study the entrance to the Chalice Well Gardens. The fence is about ten feet high. Lacoste says he has a rope. Too much daylight for climbing the fence with a rope, Christian, Ailsa says. I agree. She's right. We'll have to come back at dusk. We wander up the lane just past the spa on the other side. The attendant watches us without recognition. I guess the AIs come in all levels of intelligence. We ignore him and study the wall here. It's just as high here as it was at the front. The coast is thinking the same as me. He strokes his chin. But it'll be less noticeable than climbing over the front gate. I agree, but after dark. Not now, even here round the corner. It's still too light, Elsa says. It's only three minutes since she last had to say it. Lacoz nods. Okay, I'll log off and meet you back here in a real-world hour. That should take us to evening in-game. Birds shift along the branches of the tree above us. Once again, I feel everything living is watching us and reporting back. Lacoz dematerializes, and I'm standing with Elsa. She says, this is more than a game, isn't it? I wonder how much they know, how much any other players know. Is it common knowledge Miskatonic has created the game as a sandbox for developing world-destroying artificial minds? Is that even true? I'm starting to lose my grip on what's true and what's a game. A dream within a dream within a dream. I rub my forehead and tell her what I know. At the end she looks thoughtful. 
So, they're developing these artificial intelligence things by experimenting on players' minds, apparently. I can't really believe if you die in the game, you die in reality. Who knows? I know. It seems realer than real to me. An hour later, it's dark. Ailsa has been absent while she stood next to me. I've been checking my skills and rearranging my inventory. I wait impatiently for the Coes, and he appears. Much happened while I was away. I shake my head. A few dog walkers went past. That's it, really. He studies the tree. I'll go up that, have a look over, then I'll tie the rope so you can get up the wall with it. I notice now he's taken the role of the action adventurer for himself. That's fine. I'm a priest. He walks over, takes his weight on a low branch and clambers up the tree. Ailsa returns to the game. Hey, she says. Hey, I point. A man's up the tree. She laughs. Figures. Patience isn't his thing. I say, I'm impulsive. He's impatient. I only hope you can keep us together with your quiet calm. She smiles sweetly. That's kind of you to say, Adam. I was being a bit sarcastic, but I pretend I meant it because she's nice. And now I regret my sarcasm. The coes ties a knot round a big branch and throws it down. You go next, I say. I'll come last. Ailsa doesn't argue. Both she and the coes drop over the wall. I hear them landing. But if I hear them, others must too. I get up the wall clumsily. I put no skill points into climbing. And I'm so embarrassed at my climbing ability, I vow to put points in when I have some spare. Finally, I straddle the wall top and untie the rope. What's a delay? The coast says with a hiss. Untying the rope? No, leave it for the way back. I drop onto the damp earth, and I'm on grass. There are trees. It's an apple orchard. Through the trees I see the bulk of an old house. There are lights on in the windows. That's their guild house, I guess, the coast whispers. The players like ourselves, asks, he nods. Then they might be friendly. I remember the Brothers of Shadow. I wouldn't count on it, I say. We make our way through the gloom. Then Ailsa gives a low hiss and gestures for us to come closer. I can hardly see her among the trees. I hear the water. She's found an arrow brook. She bends down and dips her finger ends into the water, then brings them to her lips. It's a red stream. Taste of iron. Follow it upstream? Crouching, we creep along the banks of the red stream through the orchard. The water tinkles along merrily through the darkness. Suddenly, Lecoz stops. He arms himself with his shotgun and points its muzzle left. There's someone there. More than one, Elsa says. She's using clairvoyance. Gnostics, I guess. Lecoz drops onto one knee, ready for them. Players, though, I say. We don't want to kill them. If they try to kill me, I'm going to kill them, Lecoz says. Sorry. But we'll condemn them if we kill them. I remember the bulges on the wall in the nameless city. They will become cold ones. Then warn them not to fight. One moves to the left. Leco snaps round. I stop. Warn them. That's dumb. Warn them. There's something in my voice, some tone of authority I never knew I had. Okay, Leco shouts out. His voice carries over the orchard. Move away and no one gets hurt. But if you come closer, I warn. I'll shoot. A voice hisses, inhuman. Throw down your weapons. You are trespassing. From the voice, I know they have communed with one or other of the old ones, and they're already being transformed into hybrid things. Still, I don't want Lukos to shoot them unless we have to. Then, Lukos is sent spinning back, the shotgun flying from his grip. Magic. Ailsa shouts, Put on your clairsentience. I do, and immediately they flare red. There are six of them. I try my thrust spell, 
but they must have some counter magic because it doesn't work, so I pull out my twin pistols. Lako shouts in pain, they're burning him from afar. Heal them if you can, I shout to Ailsa, who runs over, picking up the dropped shotgun as she goes. Two are coming for me. I fire at one, point blank, and hear it howl in pain. You hit Gnostic for 36 health. I turn and fire two rounds into the other. One shot misses, the other grazes. You graze Gnostic for 10 health. I hear them muttering, smell sulphur, and their summoned pet trots at us through the trees. I fire, but my bullet does no good. It's a night gaunt. Instead, I do the pentagram ritual. It might work. I inscribe a glowing pentagram in the air, and the night gaunt falls back as if I've hit it with acid. There's movement to my right. I go for my guns. I shoot an incoming Gnostic. He staggers and sends an ill-aimed bolt of flame at me. I dodge, and it sets an apple tree ablaze. Two more shots, and I finish the Gnostic off and get 300 XP. I didn't want to kill a player, but I had no choice. By the light of the burning tree, I see the Gnostics have no face. White skin stretches taut with no holes for their mouths or eyes, and only two apertures for breathing where their nostrils should be. You observe something mildly horrific. Minus five sanity. Sanity, thirteen out of a hundred. I could have done without that sanity loss any more and I'll be eating starfish legs. I jerk round and shoot another. I'm getting three hundred XP a kill, it seems, and seventy-five XP for the night gaunt. I hear the boom of the shotgun and see Lacoz is on his feet. Ailsa's healed him enough to fight. Then I'm hit with the mind thrust and go crunching into a tree. You are struck by Gnostic's mind thrust. Minus forty-five health. A faceless Gnostic looms from the dark and rakes me with dirty fingernails. Gnostic rakes you, minus fifteen health. Gnostic rakes you, minus seven health. Gnostic's dirty fingernails give you minus ten disease damage. I'm gripping my guns desperately and I let the thing have it. I empty the PPK into its guts and it falls back screaming. I get the three hundred XP as the Gnostic expires. Lacoze has killed another two in the time it's taken me to kill one. I see a receding glow as one of the Gnostics flees back to the house. I guess he's going for help, so I run after him. I get onto the gravel path before the house, and when he's at the door fumbling with the handle, I shoot him and send him spinning to the floor. As he lies there, I run up and use my two final rounds in his head. More XP, but I need to reload. I hear a commotion in the house. They're coming down the stairs. I run back to find Lacoze and Ailsa waiting for me by the blazing tree. Reinforcements, I gasp. Running has pushed my exertion meter into the red, and I'm at a 20% movement penalty. I wait until the needle settles back into the amber to remove the penalty. Ailsa says, let's go to the spring. Hopefully the powder will be there, then we can leave. Still worried about killing them? asks the coes as we rejoin the stream and move as quickly as we can through the trees. Yes, I say. Leave them to me, then. I shake my head. I don't like it, but I'll do it. We're nearly at the spring now, and I hear more of the Gnostics. They're back in the garden near the burning tree, searching for our tracks. It won't take them long to find us. We're there, though. There's a grill over the spring, Elsa says. As we step up close, a message scrolls on my HUD. You have found the red spring, 1000 XP. Not much, but with the kills from the XP enough to make me level 4. Level up. Congratulations, you are now level 4. I have another 100 skill points. My max health and mana are also increased by 100, but they don't recharge. I need to fill them up to 400 by potions. Ailsa levels 2. I say I could really do with getting the Soma skill in alchemy. I can probably get it now. I should go back to Cowper. The Coase is incredulous. Go back? Now we're here? Are you fucking kidding me? My head's not right. Ailsa puts her hand on my shoulder. Not now, Adam. Really. 
I'm not thinking straight at all. The coat has removed the rusty iron grill. There's a symbol on it of a triangle pointing down. In the triangle is drawn an all-seeing eye. A rusty chain hangs down into the depths. He points. So that's where we're going. I guess it is. <laughs>